Welcome back to the show. Episode 73. I'm Meredith Root. And I'm Alex Parker. Thank you for letting everyone know. This one is titled our Big Gay episode because it's June, which is World Pride Month. And because we did one last year. So I guess you can say it's a bit of a tradition. (laughs) Is it? We'll make it one. How many years do you need to do something for it to become a tradition? I don't think there's any. We can do whatever we want. I think you can establish a tradition after one year. I think so. So it's a tradition. And uh, yeah, it's really important. I think um, Pride Month is really important for the gays and the queer folks and the other folks. Um, And, you know, I think the the straight people love it, too, because they get to wear rainbows and and it's interesting. How so? Well, I guess the month isn't interesting, but the topics are. Like, they impact straight people, too. Because everybody probably knows a gay person. Oh, I'm sure. So, I think a lot of people who think they don't know a gay person probably know a gay person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. You see? Do you, do you see? I think the traditional, what is it, 10%? I don't know how accurate that is, actually. I mean, I've heard 10% for, like, years. That number has to be higher now. I would think so. With more people coming out. At least I think more people are coming out. Maybe it's just my perception because I came out. And I'm like, Kate, well, we're at 11 now. (laughs) (laughs) So you just, like, maybe you just see more? Like, how do they even get that number? Because there's so many people in the closet. I guess they don't count people in the closet. So it's like number percent of people who are out. Okay, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, I I Googled and uh, let's see here. Is 10% of the population really gay? So I guess that's, see where they get that number from. Um, they said it's, the original estimation was flawed, but actually it's it seems to be sort of close to, kind of close to the mark. Um, it was established in 1977, so, yeah, probably not totally accurate back then. I don't know. It's a long article, but the conclusion it comes to is that even though the initial, the way that the initial estimation was made was flawed, it seems to be somewhat, it seems to be pretty accurate for modern day. I mean, one in 10 is about right from my experience. Yeah. Seems to be. So... Um, but what's funny is, I mean, you know, this is like my seventh year being gay (laughs) (laughs) since I turned gay. Um, no, I've, I've, I've been out for a little while now, but it's funny. I think that you, and a lot of people probably think that you, you come out as gay and it's like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I'm gay. Uh, but it's not quite that simple. I think that there's there's more like I learn more every year and not in like the pr- a practical sense like how to be gay you can be whatever you want um but I I just discover a little bit more about myself and my history and that part of my identity and we've talked before but I think as we shift away from like for a long time you were certainly an, you were an athlete I was an athlete. And so when you're like a fairly elite athlete, that's a pretty big part of your identity. doesn't mean you can have, you can't have other identities, but as far as like, 
um, the people you socialize with, even if you're socializing with other gay people, it's probably because they're athletes and not because they're gay. Right. Uh, for me, that's accurate. Yeah. I would say that's for a lot of people. And so, um, as we move out of the elite athletic sort of population, just like stopping competing, I find that that part of my identity is growing and like my social circle and the people who I interact with, I'm interacting with more people because they are gay and not because they are an athlete who happens to be gay. So it just, it sort of sparks different conversation and thought than before. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we're going to, I use the word gay a lot to describe myself and we'll talk about language, but I think for me, I'm, I'm talking to more people who identify as like bisexual and trans. And I partially, I think with our business, we work with a lot of different people who are either come out while working with us or who are out and maybe are a little bit more attracted to us because they have that in common with us. They feel like maybe it's a little bit more inclusive. Um, but I'm, I don't think without my job, I would have as much, I would know as many people who are LGBTQ plus. Yeah. Cause you hear so many stories. Like how many, how many people, like how many clients have come out to you? Like you're like, you're the first or one of the first people they tell. Probably at least a few. And then just generally in the course of working with people, like over a course of a year or two years, I've been part of a lot of transitions for people like coming out or like even like trans people like in in certain parts of their transition so it's it's been super um like fun and and cool to to be a part of that like outside of my work I don't actually I don't actually know I don't think I know anybody anybody who's trans yeah outside of yeah I mean I obviously am friends with them now because most of my clients are friends but without tactic I'm not sure if I would know anyone yeah. And we've had a lot of people listen and we don't do these episodes too often, like specifically talking about, um, LGBTQ plus issues or, you know, gay lifestyle stuff. But every time we do, um, we get a, t- a lot of feedback, just like, you know, who, people who are appreciative of the, the stories that are, that are told and just like normalizing some of the the hard things and the awkward things and like the transitional, like life transitional things. And so, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's kind of fun. Like I used to think back and like, I would cringe just at like thinking back to the way I was when I was a teenager. I was even like experimenting in my head. Like, I don't know if you, <laughs> if you had yeah. that happen ever, but like you would just observe things on, like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> Experimenting knew, with things. That is so accurate. I know. I it's, knew <laughs> I was different um, when I was like in my early teens and I would watch like PG-13 movies and there would be the scenes like, you know, kind of the hot and heavy makeout scenes and like, <laughs> tell me, tell me the truth here. Were you looking at the guy or were you looking at the girl? Well, part of me was like, I think more what I was thinking was like, wow, that guy, he's lucky. He yeah. he better know how lucky he is. Yeah. That's kind of like, I wasn't necessarily looking at one of them, but I was like, 
I mean, it's definitely way more pleasurable for that guy. <laughs> like, I never thought that girl's enjoying herself. I feel bad for her. No, I know. And that's, that's like, kind of what was going on in my head, but without even really knowing it. Yeah. That experimentation, like that experimentation and that thought process, I, you don't even realize that it's not normal until you're like around friends and they're like oogling dudes and you're like, yeah, <laughs> he's so gooey. Like, I don't even know what the adjectives are to describe men. It's, and then you start to realize like, Hey, my, my brain is different and it's not, doesn't work the same I don't I used to like see this was more when I was a teenager I used to like see girls walking down the street for example and not in a creepy way like I'd just be like driving or and I would look at them and be like why am I so like and it wasn't like I was like ogling them like men do or you know whatever but it was more like I would look at them and like much more than I would look at men like they kind of caught my eye and for a while there I thought and this is me trying to convince myself that I, I wasn't maybe necessarily different. I'm like, oh, it's just because like, I, l- I want to like be them. Yeah. I just admire them. I like, I, I like their style and I, I'm looking at them to, to get ideas. But you also know that that's not true. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember my first. I did a uh, pretty good job convincing myself for a while. Okay. I'm going to tell part a, of myself. I tell a story. I don't know that you've heard the story. If you haven't, I'm actually surprised, but I'll tell you my first like girl crush. And it was kind of when I realized like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, that was basically that sound was my entire adolescence. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, I used to go to summer camp. I used to go to like a YMCA camp. Wait, I just want to interrupt to describe that sound, that feeling. Yeah. It's like when you get, do you ever get songs stuck in your head and you have a go-to song to get another song out of your head? Yeah. Like, if a song stuck in my head, I sing like, this is going to be embarrassing, but it's the song from Annie. Like it's a hard, not life. That song gets other songs out of my head. Yeah. And it was almost like I had that for like any kind of like gay thoughts or like me, any realizations that I'm gay. I almost had like things to think about that like would just like snuff those thoughts. Like a, like you're putting out a candle. Yeah. Like a, like like a, a uh, candle snuffer. It's coming. Okay. S- snuff it. Snuff it. Snuff it. Go play sports. <laughs> <laughs> Do anything. Play piano. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I was at, we used to go to the summer camp, like YMCA camps. Sometimes they were sports camps. Sometimes they were like horse camps. And um, we were there. I must've been like 10 or 11 and we had gone for the summer and one of the camp counselors uh, her name was Cassidy and she drove a Jeep as in like, there's your sign. I don't actually know if she was gay, but in my fantasy land, she, she is gay and she was a vital part of my coming out eventually when I was fucking 27. So anyways, Cassidy, YMCA counselor drives a Jeep and like super athletic, super I fun. I liking this story so far. It's like, it was one, it like, you know, topless Jeep, like the typical summer car. I was like, Oh my God, I love her. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so just like very much obsessed, but not in like a, I wasn't like the type to try to be around her all the time. Yeah. You were cool about it. Yeah. I admired her from a creepy distance, (laughs) that kind of thing. So anyways, um, I guarantee you that she had no idea that I was obsessed with her. Like just to point that out, there's absolutely no way she could have known. 
Because you were so cool about it. I don't think I was cool about anything back then, but I was certainly afraid that something weird would happen. And then the best part <laughs> is something weird did happen. And so it was a, a pool camp because we, you know, we would have activities and when, like, then you'd go to the pool. And so I was... Wait, it was a pool camp or being at the pool was just part of one of the activities? It was part of one of the activities. Okay. It was lots of... There were other activities. Okay. Um, so there was one afternoon that was like a pool afternoon and so i went into the locker room at the pool to like because you're supposed to shower before you get in the pool and at that time i i was a rule follower i'm not so much anymore and um so i never liked the communal showers i would always go use a shower shower even if i had a bathing suit on i don't know why that was (laughs) probably i don't know i have no idea in case you got a lady boner and people could see it yeah (laughs) So anyways, I, I'm in the locker room and I go and I pick in all of the, there's all of the shower curtains are like closed, but like, it doesn't really sound like anyone's in there. So out of the 12 showers that are available, I open the one that's in use and guess who's taking a shower and is completely naked. Cassidy. Cassidy. It was, uh, like 12 out of 10 embarrassing. And I, did she invite you in? No, oh. that would have been like illegal, but oh, I, um, okay. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I went there. I didn't realize there was a, an age thing. I mean, I assume. Okay. Sorry. She was old enough I to totally drive a car. T- I'm, I just took it and ran. Yeah. Back it up. We don't uh, condone that. Um, no, I like, I closed the, sh- the shower and ran off and then it was like so awkward because like no like, one acknowledged okay, when you it. Open, I want to get the full picture here. When you open the shower. Yeah. Was she like facing me? And so did she cover up? She kind of did what you would do. Yeah, what most people yeah. would do. Okay, I'm just curious. Yeah. And, and that's not like, a, I was just, just generally I want to paint the whole photo. That's the, here. that's the picture. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure I went and I got in the pool and I like, I waited, I waited to the, the water height where like just my nose was <laughs> above the water and I stayed there for the afternoon. <laughs> just like that. Just eyes and nose above the water like a frog. The thing is though is like, she probably had no idea. Like she didn't probably didn't even know. She were probably so fast to like sprint off. I know. That she probably didn't even see your face. I really hope that that's the case. Cause I still live with a lot of like embarrassment <laughs> over that. Um, <laughs> that's not where I, I actually didn't know that story. And to be honest, I'm a little disappointed that that's where it headed, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I have plenty of other embarrassing stories, but um yeah that was kind of my first that was my first girl crush and then I remember um so fast forward I was so closeted that I got married and like I don't know like in the south I not even in the south um in a lot of cities with within like the CrossFit community there seems to be one gym that's like the gay gym for some reason we didn't have that here but yeah, I don't know. It was a thing in Raleigh. And uh, I didn't go to that gym. I went to a different gym. But there was a competition at that gym. And it was a couple years after I had started CrossFit and I went there to watch. I wasn't doing the competition. And the owners were two gay women and they were a couple. And it was like legitimately the first time that I had seen two gay women as a couple like out in real life. So I'm, I'm just like, I was just like watching them. Like, how do they interact? Are they normal? Turns out they're totally normal and they behave like a normal couple. Um, 
so that was a pretty eye-opening like when I think about like pivotal moments in my coming out it's like there's little ones right and that was a little one that was quite pivotal was just like seeing uh like a, a gay couple like a lesbian couple in real life interact and I had gone I went back to that gym a few times to use like equipment that they had and also slash like watch them not really it was really just to use equipment yeah. but mm-hmm. um it did I did get more exposure as a result of that and um yeah so that was kind of I, I mean, I think this, the seed had been planted for me a long time ago. It just took a long time to grow into mm-hmm. a plant. Mm-hmm. That is me now in my 30s. Um, but that one was, that was pretty pivotal. And then having people in, like, come into my life who were, like, who were gay. And I think that's probably a pretty common theme for, for people who come out, um, like, midlife or early twenties, like when they have a pretty established life and family and like situation, I think it does happen a lot of the times when, when you have gay people in your orbit. And also that's probably where that nasty, like those rumors, Oh, you, you know, they changed you or converted you like, Mm -hmm. not like anyone ever said that about me, but I know that that gets said sometimes. And it's probably just because of that correlation. Like, you see that is it is okay. You can live a normal life, ish, and um, be happier than you are now. Mm-hmm. And so that that happened. And then I remember. Sorry, I'm sort of telling my life story, <laughs> but you, we can get to. You <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Um, I remember the first time that like I I kind of dated a girl, and um, this was obviously after I had gotten out of my relationship. Uh, with a not girl and she broke up with me and I haven't felt pain and heartache like that ever. And it's, I mean, it's, it makes total sense, but literally like, I was like, I, this is going to kill me. Like I'm going to (laughs) die. It's like, it's like you feel like you're just like falling. There's like a, you're, there's like a bottomless pit and you just keep falling and you keep falling and you keep falling. And it's like, it's like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings when the Balrock kills him. You don't understand that reference, but he falls and falls and falls and falls and falls and falls for like years. That's what it feels like. I know. Like I can't, there's absolutely no way I can come back from this. I'm literally dead. I'm alive, but I'm dead. There's nothing inside of me. I'm a hollow person. I don't want to feel feelings. I'm never going to have feelings. And uh, yeah, I mean, it it worked out fine. (laughs) everybody (laughs) i totally get it i remember i had my fair share of breakups with with guys not a fair share it was like two that i was actually in a semi-serious relationship with they thought it was serious let's put it that way i I was always half in half out that's the important part it's like you spend you spend your like your time and your years like half dating people and like you, you're kind of convinced that like, well, connection must be a myth or like mostly the re- relationship is just avoiding that person as mm-hmm. much as possible. Yeah, I mean Anyways. like a lot of my adolescence, well not adolescence necessarily. Cause I was more like friends with guy with boys, guys. And then when I like was in college and then after college, like in the CrossFit community, I spent a lot of time avoiding getting asked out. Yeah. Well, there's like a situation where you can 
if you're really athletic and you're kind of fun and funny, you can be one of the guys. Yeah, and I was that for a long time. Yeah, and that's a safe place to be it because is. they they don't want to date you. Yeah, because you're one of the guys. But like you could tell, and I don't want to say like I had guys chasing me all around because that wasn't the case. But there were you. I think as a as a human being, you kind of know when someone likes you. And then it's like, okay, now you got to go into defense before they're even in offense. Like you almost see it coming. Like that was a lot. And then you have people like, and like, this isn't anything against my mom, but it, she'd be like, oh, he really likes you. I can tell. And you're just like, oh, but I, do, I like girls. <laughs> I don't like yeah. Boys. And it's just, it's difficult. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think back and it's just, it's crazy that, like, I think, I think people think that the 2000s were this like super progressive time, um, which like, I guess there had been a lot of progress made. Like when you compare the 2000s to the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s timeframe, like for sure, progress. Absolutely. But like, I, I think back and like, I had gay people in my life. Like there was a, a gay couple and we went like we went to their house for holidays and I just no one told me that they were gay. I was like, oh, they're just friends who live together and legit like that is what I thought until I was into my 20s. And it was like it just dawned on me one day. I was like, they were together like they were partners together and no one told me it was like we were fine going to see them, but no one wanted to be like, yeah you know, Hall and Steven are gay. They are, they are partner. They love each other very much. Like they share a bed yeah. because you can do that. If you love someone who's the same sex as you, that's okay. Like no one, no one said that. And like, I think about how would like, how, how much different would my life have been? Had, had that just been open and out? It's kind of weird when I grew up, I would, I don't even like, there were women who I, I, knew were gay like a couple you know you'd see the odd person you're like they're definitely gay but it was almost like you're just walking around in life like that <laughs> like it was almost like seeing a unicorn yeah i mean i'm sure that they were out i'm sure that i saw people but just it wasn't talked about so even if i mean I don't even recall making assumptions about adults in my life who were either like single or they had a really close friend that they spent a lot of time with. Like I don't, uh, it wasn't a thing. And I think that's partially why like telling stories, even, even now, I mean, now's a lot different, but even now is so important because, um, yeah, for so long, I mean, this, this applies to, to, really any marginalized community. I'm sure that like black people could say the same thing. Trans people certainly can. Asian people 100% can. Um, but it's really important to actually connect through like authentic storytelling and sharing because for so long, like gays, the people in the gay community were not in charge and not in control of the stories being told about them and the way that they were portrayed in media. And that's how we get our that's how we're exposed to people for the most part like when you think about the, the the number of people who you are connected to and exposed to as a kid like that's a really small number of people and mostly your parents are in charge of who those people are um 
so you get your culture and you get your exposure and your social upbringing from from tv and from media and like (laughs) we read this book recently uh by jill gutowitz called girls can kiss now and what makes this book super amazing is like she's i think a year she's your age she's a year younger than i am yeah born in 89 she came out in 2016 which is so pretty much when i did also when i did yeah and she she basically goes through like she kind of chronicles her life and struggled with a lot of the same things that we did and then goes like proceeds to highlight the number of ways in which like really the 2000s were kind of ambiently homophobic like pop culture society yeah so what we were seeing what we were exposed to was telling us the story of being gay and it was not a good story and even the even the way that she recalls how celebrities were being outed it was like they were being outed outed like it was almost as if well she's talking she talks about perez hilton Mm because he was kind of the leader of that and like his whole thing was like outing people and it was like you know not only is it not right to do that but it's also it's almost like they it's this horrible thing like there's something to feel guilty about and that's like that's the case every time like there was this correlation between celebrities coming out as gay or bisexual and celebrities having like mental breakdowns or going it would always it would be like you know Lindsay Lohan goes into rehab and oh also she's dating a girl like mental illness and or that girl gayness when in who she's dating gets like blamed yeah and gets like outcast and yeah for converting her mm-hmm. remember that yeah. whole yeah because that's that's probably likely what happened with Lindsay Lohan and so there was in that narrative was like over and over there was like something to feel ashamed for like it was um it was either that or especially like gay women like lesbians if you want to use that term are just invisible like especially in the 2000s like it was either that like Lindsay Lohan is having a mental breakdown and oh also she's gay or like lesbianism same sex gay women were fetishized for men's viewing pleasure so So let's let's use the example of american pie yeah that that was one of my first exposures to two women being together and you watch it and it was fake and it was in to to please and to joke around with men yeah and then of course they weren't lesbian so it's like oh phew or like Madonna and Britney Spears at the VMAs or whatever that was. In the book, Jill talks about when like Ellen came out, Ellen DeGeneres. She was kind of one of, not one of the first, but it was, for me, she was one of, the, like, I think our generation, she was kind of like, oh, wow. And like, I didn't watch her show, but like, I kind of remember. And then I also like, of course, knew like the Ellen DeGeneres show later on. Yeah. But Jill said in this book, like Ellen came out and then she met somebody who was out who was also named Ellen. And she's like, as ridiculous as it sounds, I thought that like all gay women were named Ellen. Cause <laughs> that was the only, uh, the, I had only been exposed to two gay women and they were both named Ellen. Yeah. That's how, and I, uh, I I'm going to use the word sheltered, but I don't necessarily think, I think it's just product of the way that society was kind of framing women who. Yeah. And like, yeah. 
I mean, there was Ellen, there was Rosie O'Donnell, like she came out in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. Yeah. And like, but most of the people coming out like as gay women were like comedians. So I'm like, oh, I guess it's a joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's, there's that whole, like, it's a, it's a joke. Like it's maybe, yeah, it's something to be made fun of. Huh, and, yeah. uh, like Wanda Sykes was another one. Um, so it, like my <laughs> early exposure to gay women in media was like comedians like it's something to laugh at and frequently like as sad as it is like ellen has rosie definitely has and wanda has they have all made fun of themselves for like because i'm sure that they harbor some like internalized phobia oh 100 percent and it's that thing where if you make fun of yourself first no one else can no do one it. else can do it before like can do it you're they're laughing with you yeah they you take the power away from it a little bit um, I am, I, I'm not saying I haven't like read that that has been their experience, but I imagine that that's has something to do with it. Oh, for sure. Like it's hard not to, but, um, what are some more examples? Like that line in mean girls, which it's, it's actually, it's actually, it's crazy to go back and watch movies and TV shows from the two thousands because they are just like so horrible to gays and trans people like i think for me when i was thinking about coming out like i i've talked about this so i'm not going to go into the details but like really just not okay with being gay but i i didn't even know why it was just i knew that i didn't it was almost a bad thing it's like i didn't want to be different it's like it's acceptable like i knew my parents would be okay with it but i knew that it wasn't what was best it, well, and it's you're immediately like othered yeah. And I, I kind of was that person who ha- was having success and was, um, and I don't want to say the perfect kid, but like I was pretty a good kid and coming out wasn't that. And I, I don't even know where that came from. And then we read this book. I read it first and then told Meredith, like, you have to read this book. It's, it's hitting. It's hitting. I like, I feel like I need therapy after it, but like I, I, again, like you go, she, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over my words here, but she mentions the, the movie Mean Girls or Bring It On. Those were the two that really stuck in my mind. And those were two movies that I've, I've seen over and over and over again, and, but not in the last like eight, five years and time goes by so fast. And in those, both of those movies, which are her fan favorites of our generation, it was not presented that being a lesbian was okay. Well, I think like more specifically, they use that as a, like a knock on someone's, like they use it as an insult. It, and is, it, was, it like, was used as an insult. It not even like, not just an insult, but like the, the biggest insult. Like, <gasps> I can't believe you would say that. Like yeah. the one in, uh, and bring it on when she like, calls her a big dyke or something yeah, like, it's like that. this awesome she walks in missy was her name walks in like gymnast so cool like badass has like this is i'm just gonna age myself here not that i haven't already like a keychain full of keys like hanging off her jeans where are your keys missy and she has she has drawn like a tattoo around her bicep and like Okay, now that's not cool, but it was 
she definitely had the cool vibes like not traditional cheerleader she walks in she's badass gymnast does all these like gymnastics things and is is like i'm sure every lesbian or like sprouting seed of like a gay girl looks at that and is like oh my god i love her and then and maybe identifies with her and some some people might and then what happens is one of the cheerleaders goes yeah and she just has major dyke vibes yeah and and that not only like was like everyone was kind of like but like missy took so much offense to that and kind of stormed off as if it was the worst thing that could have been said and so in my mind it's like well i I don't want to be being gay is bad and it's like if you you could easily put yourself in that situation and like imagine getting that insult but then you also know that you are gay and it's like that is like it's the most nightmarish so it's like at that point you're taking four steps back into the closet that you're already in it's just like you're you're just like, you know what i live here <laughs> i am just gonna and also probably why here. i don't like the word dyke it was probably from that movie i think there's a number of words that we you have to like you either decide you don't like them or you retake ownership of them like dyke i don't like the word lesbian Let's talk about the language about like it generally or so. Meredith and I had a conversation a while back and we were like, why don't we like the word? Why don't we like to be called a lesbian? Yeah. We refer and you probably picked up on this. I like to refer to myself as I am gay. Not I am a lesbian or I am a di- I've never really called myself that. And I have I I I. I I kind of have issue to it when someone says, oh, you're, you're that. It like makes my skin crawl a little bit to hear it. Yeah. And like, I've, I know straight people who use the term, gay people use the term. It's not like it's, it's the N word where it's like this, it's got this awful, just, but it kind of does, but to us, it kind of does, but it, it's you, it's really hard to articulate what I think. Okay. I think we've, we've come down to why. Well, like fundamentally, like, just like for sake of comparison, it's a noun. Yes. Like when you're referring to gay, like you don't call a gay man traditionally like a gay. Like sometimes I, I, I'm i being funny and I say like the gays as in like the group, but I don't traditionally, I don't call someone a gay. And I just want you to, to stop and think, and I'm not going to say these words, but I want you to think whenever a, a group of people, especially a marginalized group of people is referred to as a noun, stop and think what those words are. There's like three or four that come to mind for me and they're, they're never good. It's never a good situation if those words are getting thrown around, but gay women, lesbian, a noun. It's like, but I'm um, still a person. I don't know. I get, I, it's, but also like it just, it's also sound, it sounds, it's not easy to say. It's like awkward lesbian. It's got too many (laughs) syllables. Like really, I don't think it's the silly syllables. I okay. think it's just like. But I think like it's like the word okay, like it for me. It's like saying the word like vagina. It's like what? Why are you saying that out loud? <laughs> well, I don't think there's a problem saying the word <laughs> vagina is a part of the body. To like, me, I just don't like that. I it's think like, probably what you don't like is the stereotypical baggage that comes with the word lesbian. Yeah, that's probably right. That's probably more, it's probably more that than it is like, like similarity to the word vagina. I don't think that that's it at (laughs) all. Um, Vagina also has a lot of syllables though. Yeah. I mean, but like lesbian for you, probably like it does There's a connotation. And it conjures up all these images Mm -hmm. of, of really of gay women being misrepresented, like misrepresented in the media. It's because we heard that word 
thrown at people at an insult as an insult yeah. for years. And so like in mean girls to be casually referred to a word that is historically insulting, like not, not really something that like I want to be affiliated with. And it's, it's, I realize like it's probably different for other people, but it just, it sounds like something about it just is really pejorative. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to say that this is us. If you're listening to this, you're like, I have no problem with that word. All, all the best. Yeah. That is, it is, we don't like, there's nothing wrong with that word, but I think for us, there's a, yeah, we, we take issue with it and that's fine. And it's also like, it's been, it's a word that's been fetishized Mm -hmm. for so like again, and it goes back to the way gay women have existed in the media and it's either they're a joke or they are pleasing men. And so like, there's a reason, like I think on Tumblr or Reddit, like, like lesbian is a like NFSW word, not safe for work. Like it's, it's flagged. Hmm. It won't, you can't, you can't look stuff up at on your work server. Your computer's like, "Ah, that's porn. (laughs) And it won't let you look at it because that's the extent to which that word has been fetishized, fetish, fetishized. Yeah. Um, and that's like Google lesbian and then click on videos and see what you get. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's just, it's not the way I like to refer to myself or be identified as. So it's like, I will usually correct people in a polite way if they say it more than a few times. Like, just like, hey, by the way, I don't like that word. You can call me gay. And you can also call me Meredith. <laughs> you can call me daddy. Me? You. Okay. I <laughs> um, Also, okay, so there's another thing. What's the last name? Carmen Esposito. Esposito. So Meredith and I are like big new fans of hers. And... We partially because of, I think, moving away from the athletic scene and moving into more of um, just like being a part of regular society that you maybe don't get as much when you're really into athletics and spending all your free time athletics and you're not going to parties, you're not going to gay bars and all these things. You're not spending time with people who aren't athletes. Um, And like kind of going back to what Meredith said about rediscovering aspects of uh, our identity And so Carmen talks a lot about how she identifies within the, as a gay woman. And for me, I didn't even know that there were like ways to identify within being gay. Like, I think she, she describes herself as she identifies more as a, like a, like she's more masculine so she, I think she said she kind of identifies more closer to like how a gay man. Yeah, like, like visually. Like a feminine gay man. Yeah. Just short hair. And to me, I'm like, I've never even thought about like, like, or someone said, she, she, so she says, well, I have, I have big boobs. And so it kind of is, it's weird for me because people will say like, oh, you're a mommy. But yeah. I see myself more as a daddy. And I've never even heard these Alex words is like, before. what's a mommy and a daddy? <laughs> And so I'm kind of like diving into this world where there's all these, like there's this huge subculture yeah, that I didn't even know existed. And that's part of me just being maybe a little bit naive, not, not on purpose, just because of how I, who I encountered in my life and spent time with. Yeah. I mean, you thought that your option was vanilla cake. Mm-hmm. and then you get to the cake store and they're like well would you like madagascar vanilla or would you like vanilla bean 
Would you like French vanilla? And I don't think you necessarily have to identify within. I don't even think you really need to label yourself as gay or bisexual. I don't even think that's necessary. No. I think a lot of people do because it helps you find um, community and, and, uh, you know, people who are like-minded. And that's, that helps build a community around you and support. And you, you learn more about yourself and you can be open and honest but I don't think necessarily think you need to label yourself. Yeah. I certainly don't think you need to label yourself within the gay community. But what I do find interesting is that all of this exists and I'm just scratching the surface on it. And it's super interesting. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to learn. And this is one of the things that uh, I really value about being in this community is that I, I think that as a gay person, you, um, you have a lot more opportunity to explore these areas of your yourself and like your sexual identity. Sure. But literally just the person that you are, um, like who you identify with, who you resonate with, like how you want to dress, how you want to do your hair, like literally every facet of, of your identity. Like you, we get to ask like, like what, what am I willing to change and let go of if it means I can live exactly as the person I want to be? And I think that while there are probably some heterosexual people that are free enough to do that, I think that a lot of heterosexual people never do that. And so they, they never come out of the closets because I, I think that everyone's in a closet of their own, um, but they never come out and explore. You're not saying that everyone is gay. No, it's I'm, just I'm like saying that everyone has a parts of their identity that they hide or aren't willing to accept and put or out don't there. even know that they have. It's just like you fit into like heterosexual so societal give me norms. An example. Um, I mean, okay. So like speaking on the like sexual identity side of things, I think that a lot of people, uh, or at least small handful might get into a heterosexual relationship with a person that they love and realize that they're bisexual but like never actually come out with that because what's the point they're with the person that they love. It's not a, to them, um, a valuable part of their identity to explore, or maybe they don't feel safe to explore it or they think what's the point. So they don't do it. Um, but what about outside of sexual identity? Yeah. I mean, I was getting there. I think that what you're like, what you're allowed to, to like, what you're allowed to be into, what you're allowed to wear, how you're allowed to do your hair, how you're allowed to look, behave, act is a lot of that is dictated by like societal norms and heterosexual norms. And if you are a heterosexual person, like you can be a heterosexual person and like men and also be really into sports and really want to have short hair and like really like obscure clothing and really like going to drag shows and really like doing all this other stuff but some people may never explore those parts of themselves because it's, it's different. So on that, Meredith and I have picked a wedding date and I have been searching for what I want to wear. I stumbled upon some photos and I don't want to go traditional wedding dress. So I type in like, I don't want to wear a wedding dress on Google and see what comes up to my surprise. I saw photos and this is, I don't even know what this me- what this says about me. But there were there were pictures of of heterosexual couples both wearing suits. I've seen those. And I I was like, "What?" Mhm. 
How? Well, first, but they're probably like, European. Good for you. I know. Because I don't think most that just, it just, in my, I've never, obviously never seen that. And to me, it's like this thing in my head where it's like, not, not okay. It is okay. But it's the, like growing up, everything You're also was, like, that's weird. It, so yeah, anything that's like different. Right? Is like, ooh. Even though that makes no sense. It doesn't. Yeah. I'm, I saw those too. I'm glad that you brought that up. And I was like, what? That is, well, I thought it was weird, but I also thought it was awesome. Yeah. And I, and I think, I do think we are moving in a direction in our society where like maybe more obscure things, obscure. I hate when you have to like say a word to des- describe something like obscure isn't weird. Just things that you don't normally see. Haven't been normalized yet. Are becoming more so. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to wear nothing at the wedding. So I hope everybody's going to go birthday. Okay, no, you're not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, maybe after like a lot of tequila. that. But even, happen, but. even me, I'm like, okay, well, I can't wear a wedding dress. I don't want to wear like the tradi- like not traditional, the non-traditional, traditional, non-wedding dress outfit in my mind, which is a suit. It's like, I don't want to wear a dress. I've never worn a suit. That's don't want to wear a suit. I'm not, I'm not a suit person. I've never worn suspenders. I wore a tie with my uniform. Yeah. And I thought I was cool, but like, that's not my style. So I'm maybe like, like a bolo? What is my style? Are you going to wear a bolo? It's no, funny. No, I'm like, not going to wear a bolo. <laughs> I'm never, I'm like cowboy. I know. I mean. But it's, it's, it's difficult for me because I'm like, what is my style? Like, what is my style fancy now? Partially COVID. And I've like, I've changed a lot in the last couple of years. Yeah. Like my hair's short now. I know. What works with short hair? Anything. What you will just, I feel comfortable in? Mostly, Alex, it's you have to be like comfortable enough in what you wear to be to wear it confidently. And that's what makes an outfit look good. But I also want to be comfortable in something that. You, I mean, you want to look good. Yeah, but if if you feel like you look good and it, you feel like it's obscure, you might not feel as comfortable. It depends on the person. It d- totally does. Yeah. So it's going to be tricky. But anyways, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's just to your point. Yeah. About exploring these other parts of you that maybe aren't um, as acceptable. Or, or you, you just, just like, you just don't even know that it's a possibility. You've to never do. spent any, literally never spent any time thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Like thinking about what is my identity and then like how do I dress for that identity like not that clothes have anything at all to do with the person that you are but like they are an outward expression and mm-hmm. you don't have to wear things that you don't want to wear and you don't have to look you know you don't have to look like the bride you don't have to fit into and that's kind of the cool thing about gay weddings is like you can turn the whole thing on its head like we are doing whatever we want like if we want drag queens at our wedding we will have drag queens at our wedding uh, we, we're not, that's not on the agenda <laughs> yet. Um, I think there would be a lot of people at that wedding who've never seen a drag queen before. I think it could be a, a phenomenal cultural Who doesn't experience. love drag queens? Like the people who, who don't love them have should just not be at our wedding. Yeah. That's, that's, so number one, get out. <laughs> and then number two, like you clearly have not actually seen them cause they're amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, that's. That's even, kind of even the what like I was like, well, I need to wear white. I was like, no, you don't. You can what? wear whatever you want. Everyone knows you're not a virgin. I think. Well, they know now. 
Alex is not a virgin. They listened to my last episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> which I think my mom was secretly mortified that I talked about, but whatever. Buttholes. Um, everybody's got one. Yeah. Some people love butt stuff. Okay, Meredith, please. Okay. Um, yeah, so the, you know, not to get, I'm trying to, I don't want to get like uber dark here, but they, like the, the queer... Did you know that the original word for gay people was queer? No. It was. And then there was, um, that was like back in the early 1900s. And before the gay liberation movement, gay rights movement happened, they kind of collectively, they had these guilds. And they collectively decided that wasn't the best term because it had, at the time, at least some like negativity to it. It's, it just, it's a word for, oh, that's weird. That's yeah, kind of queer. Weird. Um, so it just, it was a word that literally meant different or weird. And so they decided to use the word gay because it was a much happier word because gay without, um, the con the like current context, it just means happy and yeah, until it didn't gleeful. Um, so yeah, they, that was the word that was adopted and I feel like there was a lot of progress made in the between 2010 and like 2018. And then we've really kind of gone. How do I say this down the shitter in the, in the U S specifically. And the thing that's crazy is I would, I would argue that co like on, from a commercial standpoint, from like a brand standpoint, pride is getting bigger and bigger. Everybody does pride. Like June rolls around and there's just, rainbows on everything and i know we talked about this last year but there's always that balance between like yeah i mean visibility is important um i guess like that kind of support is important but also like pride isn't for those companies and like pride has like pride gay pride started as like a violent riot like that's what it was in the late 60s it was like after Stonewall. I think the first Pride was in the 70s, actually. Early 70s, maybe. And now it's this, like, you know, this thing that, you know, people celebrate and they say, um, you know, love is love and it's kind of plastered everywhere. But, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of like, I mean, love is love. Yes, that's true. But can we change maybe the Pride slogan to, like, queer and trans people are in danger? Like, can we maybe bring some visibility to that? Like, like the fact that like trans people are, are murdered at a disproportionately high rate in the U S like hate crimes still exist. There's legislation that's trying to strip away, systematically strip away the rights of, of gay men and women, gay couples, trans couples in the U S trans rights. Like if we have a kid, Alex, and things keep going the way that they're going, like, and you, let's say you have it. It's my kid. You have it. I like, I'm not sure that that kid would be an American. Like if we keep going there, it's like, nope, you have no rights over that kid. We don't recognize it as your kid. So it's not, it doesn't get us citizenship. Whereas if I had the baby, regardless of our relationship, like what, what gives? Yeah. I agree with all of that. It's pride is, is, is hard for me to, to conceptualize because I like the idea of visibility. I like the idea that rainbows are plastered all over the city. 
any cities. I love that there are parades. At the same time, I'm like, a parade is a lighthearted way of like actually addressing, it, it doesn't even begin to address the issues. Like, oh, pride should be, you know, ch kid friendly. And I, I like that. Part of me likes that. Part of me is like, it's no, like that's that that kid is is exposed. To, I mean, I I like it because maybe there won't be this negative issue, but the issues aren't actually presented there. I know, and it's I think that at its like lowest, pride allows for like people and companies to advocate any actual responsibility to like gay gay rights which um, aren't that different from civil rights and from women's rights, which are fought for and have been fought for and have certainly made strides. But like, why, like, why do gay people have to like justify their existence? Like that's where the fight begins. It doesn't begin at like, I was born with a black skin tone or I was born with a vagina it begins with like there's fundamentally something wrong with you unless you can prove that there isn't like gay people in the, the in the the 1900s they were regarded as like criminals doctors thought they were crazy um they were arrested they were fired from their jobs like you like the, they in order to even begin like the fight for their rights, they had to first prove that they were, they were worthy of having those rights, that they were worthy of just existing. And I feel like as far as the the movement has become or has gone, like that we have to kind of like resume that fight again, which is essentially like fighting against the religious right that we are not like fundamentally sinners and therefore like worse, like, you know, terrible people that don't deserve to be alive. Like, it's such a, it's such an ironic thing because in, you know, we live in Canada and also in the U S like, like that's a liberal state, like, like lowercase L I don't mean liberal as in Democrat. I mean, liberal as in Liberty and like the liberal straight state makes a few promises. It promises to protect its citizens from, um, violence and discrimination from the state, but also from other people, in the state it it promises freedom it promises self-governance and yet gay people and trans people and other people so often are like denied those basic human rights still in 2022 there was a an instagram post that i saw that was posted by um, somebody I follow just like a n not a famous person just somebody regular <laughs> they posted this video of this kid he was the valedictorian at his high school and he was not allowed to use the word gay in his speech but he wanted to talk about how he had struggled with coming out and wanted to kind of tell his coming out story and so what he did was he used the fact he had curly hair and he he basically used curly hair in place of gay so he would say 
it took me a really long time to accept the fact that I had curly hair. And, you know, I finally kind of told my friends and like said to my friends, like, I have curly hair and I'm okay with it. And, you know, they accepted me for that. And they said, show your curly hair, like grow your curly hair, all these things. Anyways, there was a long speech and underneath the caption, the caption said, the kids are okay. And I think the person who posted this, who's, who's also gay said like, no, the kids are not okay. That's not okay. Like, yeah, it's great that that kid still felt like he could stand up there and, and spread his message. But the fact that he wasn't allowed to actually say the word gay is not okay. Like what the heck? I know. <laughs> yeah, you're spreading this message that we, you know, we're strong enough to overcome, but like, are we? You're spreading the message that it's still not okay to exist. It's still not okay to use that language. It's still not okay for your kid to be gay. It's still not okay to identify. Like it's, it's so messed up. And I think we're all like, we're so confused really about what direction we're going. Like we're, we push so hard. And when I say we, I don't mean me. I'm not the most like powerful social justice warrior out there, but we as in a community push for these rights, like you talked about. And it's just, I don't know if it's because we've pushed hard and actually made a dent that it's the pushback is so much stronger. And also just the way, the, the way that the p politics are specifically in the U.S. are. Yeah. Um, but it's really tragic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, I don't know if you want to speak more to that. Um, yeah, there's a, a level of ignorance that comes with modern allyship that comes with supporting gay people. Um, I mean, like I said, I think pride allows a lot of, it get it just, it lets a lot of people off the hook for like living in a society that continues to be homophobic. It continues to be transphobic. It continues to be racist. Like, and it's difficult to hear that, you know, you, you do harm by, by existing in that society. Even gay people do harm by existing in that society. Um, but there's like the ignorance that comes with that allyship is people don't understand like the actual the actual impact to life that this that this can have that this like a regression a, a removal of rights like there are people that that will say to you like oh i support i support you and i'm like do you do you support me as a person like would you be okay if my rights were systemically stripped away and i was like denied marriage i couldn't have a kid like basic human stuff would you be okay then um i but guess thank I you i sometimes wonder like <laughs> sometimes i you know i get the like i i you know I, you're acceptable like i'll put up with you but like i sometimes wonder with some people well what if your it was your if your kid was gay would that be okay yeah or if your i don't want to like, like make i don't want to make people like have a really dr dreary outlook on people but i it's sometimes hard for me when i know what people who people vote for and what they tolerate. And then they say like, Oh, I, you know, yeah, it's great that you're, you know, getting married. And I'm like, is it, I'm confused. It's here. great that I'm getting married, but <laughs> you don't support 
you also support <laughs> candidates who would it's, rather it's I not really hard it's really hard because i want to accept that and i want to be like i'm so glad that you accept me and that you support me and that you know but at the same time i'm i i'm i'm troubled yeah by that because of the um it's not hypocrisy it's not doing one thing and saying another it's not that it's um i don't even i don't know the word it's yeah it's it's confusing um i i've been struggling a little bit lately with confusion i part of me wants to be treated like a normal human like for being in a, in a same-sex couple not to be a thing so for example the wedding i don't i don't want to 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 have to say like oh alex is a girl or you say Alex is a girl. Well, I don't say that. What I do is I, I use Alexandra. my partner, Alexandra. Yeah. Or like, um, I don't know, like just have to say like, I mean, in, in any situation really, like it just not to be, I'm not, I don't want to be, and that again, this could just be me, but I don't want to be conscious of the fact that you're a girl and yeah. there be some like embarrassment or shame or whatever. I want it to be like, I, it is totally fine. It's not a thing, I guess is the best way to put it. At the same time, I want people to know I'm gay because I think visibility is so important for like the next generation or my generation or the gen like the next generation of gay people coming out and they could be of any age. Yeah. And I, I think it's important and I know it's important because people who were visible before I came out was the the stepping stone that I used to come out. It was like, I see you. It's okay to be gay. You're a professional. You're successful. You're, you are accepted. You can have a baby. You can do all these things. It is okay to be gay. I think that that is still really important. Yeah. Even though it's, it's bigger now, it's still not there. So I want to be, I want to be visible. I want to wear rainbow. Yeah. And I want to print pride shirts and I want to, say it's pride month i want to do these podcasts um but i also i want to walk into a room and it not be pointed out by somebody else maybe is the thing we have a number of people who are extremely supportive extremely accepting like in our life but there are still moments that these people will say something and it it makes you kind of stop and be like what did you just what say? What did you just say? Yeah. Do you remember uh you remember Dave? We were with uh Dave Castro in twenty nineteen for demo team. Yeah. And he was he got real curious about us and just was asking questions. Not in like a a negative way, but it was kinda like Dave Dave, are we the first gay people <laughs> that you've ever met? And yeah, that the answer to that was yes. And so there were like there was a lot of, of curiosity and of course like like some he ignorance. had also been drinking a little bit, so he yeah. felt a little bit more open, com uh, open and confident <laughs> to ask and talk, and that I was fine with completely. Yeah, like there's some sort of like expected ignorance there, but there would be with any if you are just not exposed. But the curiosity was endearing, like, mm -hmm. and he was actually he was interested in learning and like understanding more, and so I think that that's always the balance. Yeah, yeah, I think part of it too. Um, it. It, it's generational 
Yeah, I would 100%. I mean, you you grow up in, in where we grew up, even just when we were trying to come out and it it was like, you know, you do kind of like whisper the word trans or the word gay because it's, it's not accepted. You don't want, you don't want to out somebody. You don't want to talk about someone and like have them here. Or like, I don't know. Sometimes we even talked about how there are, you can't even ask someone if they're gay. No, it's like an insult to ask if you like boys or girls. Yeah. Like, you know, we've had our, you know, I'm sure everyone's like, well, are they gay? And I think at one point I'm like, do you want to just ask? And it was like, no, you can't ask because that. what if they're not? It's like, it's an, it's offensive. When really it's like, it's just a fact. It's like, do you like boys or girls? Like you should be able to answer that question and it not be like a horrible, some horrible no, thing. No, it should be like, do you like angel hair or spaghetti noodles? Yeah. <laughs> like, why is it so different than that? Um, but I, I think it is, you know, you do grow up in, in an environment where the word gay has negative connotations like we, we did. And, and, and maybe you haven't worked through that yet. And while you can be very accepting of like, you know, a daughter, a son, a, a friend's a family friend whoever there still may be things that because of how you grew up and your belief system that you say things that i'm maybe aren't as acceptable as you thought they were you didn't even know that they were oh i'm sure there's not like, okay there's a lack of understanding like like not that long ago so as in like i'm out and gay and like everybody in my family knows that i'm like i go home which is home is north carolina so south and Someone in my family, I actually have two stories. I'll tell two stories. So someone in my family started talking about like a family friend and their, um, their, their son, now daughter had come out as trans, but the way that it was said was like, so-and-so's, uh, you know, their, their son is trans. And I think I was like, why did you would just whisper the word trans? But you know why? Yeah. Cause there's, it's like, it's been stigmatized and I wanted to be like, I mean, technically that's their daughter. But do I really want to get into the weeds? <laughs> yeah. And then the second story I have, someone else in my family, a different person. My family is awesome. Like, I don't think I don't think all of them listen to this podcast, but they know that. Like, they're great. Um, my sister just had a baby, which has been discussed, and so we're twins. And so the obvious question for a lot of my family is like, well, Ale are Alex and Meredith going to have a baby? And so my sister was fielding this discussion, and I wasn't there. I heard it secondhand, and um obviously like the logistics of same sex, um, couples having babies is somewhat complicated, um, and expensive and everybody knows that. And so I think Megan was explaining the cost, which is not insignificant. It's very expensive to have babies, um, as gays. And the, yeah, one of my, uh, family members basically said, well, why don't they just find one of like get one of their male friends and like just sleep with them one time and get pregnant that way. And that would like deadpan dead ass serious. Like that would be cheaper. I'm Which like, is, yeah. you know, it's not untrue. And like, if that's your thing and that's how you want to go that route or do the Turkey baster for sure, go for it. But, but I guess it's just, it's somebody who just hasn't actually thought about it. Like they, they're supportive, but like they still say shit. That's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you, it's tough because you want to be like, excuse me no but also you kind of want to be like my response and part of it too and i know this is in other areas of society where you just want to like brush it up brush through it like be like yeah well that's not really how it works okay yeah. next topic and that's like yeah that's and that's part of like well we just you can either like assimilate and like accept those little minor insults 
or you can like stand up and sort of probably at, to some extent get rejected at least temporarily. Like you're going to take like, people off. This is, is it even an insult? Oh, uh, it's like insensitive maybe because things aren't considered. It's like, well, why don't they just do this? It's like, um, because like, that's just not, I don't, it's hard. Yeah. It's like, it's not, would you, I could <laughs> think up a hundred examples that would make you equally uncomfortable but it's it's not even personal. It's not insults to your person. Even the like the trans things, like calling calling family members out for for saying that incorrectly or misgendering people. Like, I think that there's a fine line because you like you want to be able and feel like you can point that out. But people get really insulted by that stuff. Yeah, I think it just it's an uncomfortable moment. But you know, back to the the personal um, comments yeah there's there's something like there's curiosity and that feels good it feels good to know that the people in your life are genuinely curious about you and comfortable enough to maybe make certain comments and jokes and um that's good i think mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I think that's mostly good but you know then it's <laughs> yeah it it's kind of like how people used to throw around the word gay, like, oh, it's so gay. And like that, it's, it's just, it's this thing. And I'm not saying that they're, they compare at all, but it's just this thing that's in the background that like when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, <laughs> that's so gay. <laughs> but also so, am so I. right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know? And so you let it wash over you, but like when that happens a thousand times, all of a sudden you're, married to a man and in the closet in the closet for your entire life yeah that's a good way of, of saying it yeah so it's a delicate it's it's delicate but it, the last thing i'll say and this is just because i have so many thoughts in my brain right now is like we're faulting them but also we're not it's no. like i can't fault someone for for feeling comfortable enough and feeling like they are so accepting that they can crack a joke or just, or make an assumption. Yeah. I like that. I, I do kind of like that. But at the same time, I'm like, but that's why I was in the closet for so long. Also, <laughs> you know, I'm so repressed. I continue to be so repressed. And it's like, it's societal. It's like, it's what we saw on TV. It's, you know, what we experience at home. Like, you know, in the, or in the tv show heartstopper when the the boy's mom who's very accepting before he came out she was like oh you'll don't worry you'll find a girl that you you like okay but also like did his coming out story kind of make you like when he actually did come out and her response and i i know it's tv and like they can script it however they want but i was literally like just like teared up because i'm like this is this is everything that i wish i had had at that age i mean like different but i was like that's so special yeah i mean my parents were like that but i mean like at that age though. it was more like yeah at, at yeah i think there was there's a lot in that show what i love about that show and i did a bit of a dive into it is it, it is empowering so many people to come out right now oh i'm sure and they're using they're they're sending their parents or at least one story she sent their parent her parents a clip and said, I'm gay. If you are wondering how to respond to this, here is an example. And sent a clip of the his boy mom. coming out to his mom and yeah. his mom's reaction. And I just, I love that. Um, but yeah, it's so 
interesting and complicated, at least for me. Mm-hmm. We were in Crate and Barrel the other day registering for our, our wedding registry. And we walked up and the lady goes, can I help you? And she goes, and Meredith goes, well, you know, um, we want to register for a, a, a registry. And I, I was t- kind of standing behind you. And I was like, oh, here we go again. She's going to, you know, she, she goes to Meredith and goes, well, what's your name? And then she kind of looks at me and like, there was no hesitation. She was like, what's your name? It was like, Alex, okay, let's get you two going. Like it was, I, that was the, probably one of the most public experiences, like in public at a store, at a hotel where there wasn't even like a question in someone's, it was almost like she thought I was a man. Well, she certainly treated you. Yeah. And it, cause there's almost always like, well, you know, what's your fiance's or what's your boyfriend's name? Or they'll kind of look at me and like, wait for me to be like, I'm her partner. Yeah. Or look to you to to introduce me as her partner. Which honestly, I usually do just to, just to avoid that. And I didn't. And that's, I want to, part of me wants to be like, oh, I'm so nitty. I put people on the spot. I'm always, I'm looking for it. But the fact of the matter is, this is just what I do. And maybe it is nitty. Maybe I should overlook it. But it's just that it, it, I have feelings around that. So anyways, I'm all happy and I just feel so comfortable. It's like, oh, it immediately I am treated the... like a normal person. Yeah. We're at Crate and Barrel. We're treated like just whatever. And like I said, hate the word normal, but I'm using it. And then we went to check out because we bought some new sheets and Meredith saw a little jar of pride pins and I, and she took a picture and I was like, well, why did you take a picture? And I thought she was maybe taking a picture for like, oh, pride is just for these companies to have, you know, to, to have pins. And maybe it was because we were treated as if we were just a like a heterosexual couple. Like there was no question. There was no like extra thing that we had to go through. But you said I, I immediately felt comfortable in that store having seen those pins, which yeah. is weird because I, I walk into a bank that has a like TD that has a rainbow, nothing against TD. And I, I'm like, I don't think they give a damn. Yeah. I don't know. It's it just weird. It felt it, different. Like the, fl- like the pride flag, like it used to be flown as like, Hey, you're safe here. And that's mm-hmm. what it meant. Yeah. And I still think that's like, maybe that's the intent. Like, is the execution always good? Not really, but like, like they executed perfectly. Maybe they just like, maybe that person is just really with it. Maybe Crate and Barrel is actually a great company and like they do a good job with their, with training their people. Um, but the whole experience was just like, like start to finish, like seeing those pins and being like, Oh, we're welcome here. And then having that experience on top of seeing those pins in pride month just felt very like, huh? Like, I guess people can change and people can evolve. And that's like, you know, we watched this documentary. Um, well, before you get into that, I just want to say, I, I am as a person who is actually gay am confused as to what to think about pride do you feel that yeah and it's it's honestly it's like situational there's some so moments where i'm like really happy and i i see people like noble did a legit pride collection this year I and think. they're donating all their profits and i'm like okay hell Maybe yeah that's somebody way said than... something to them last year about yeah. their gold bullshit stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> pride my ass you guys are trying to make money and like not actually be helpful um yeah, and it is. It's just it's totally situational. It's it's a feeling, and I think that's it goes beyond who's flying the flag. It's like you but actually have to I don't, follow it up. I don't. I don't know what I want. I want to be like. I want to assimilate. I want to just be like I'm a couple. 
and we're here together with other couples and it's fine. But then I'm like, on the other hand, I'm like, but I want to be gay. I want to be treated special. I want to see a flag. It's, it's difficult for me. And it's difficult to ask other people who maybe even aren't like, aren't gay to be like, well, you should know, you should know not to make that joke. You should know, you know, to wear a, a flag or not wear a flag or, you know, it's so messy right now still. Yeah. It's so and I think that's important to acknowledge. It's, yeah. It kind of goes back to the like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, well, I think what's re- what is important to mention is like assimilation is not, it's never really going to be an option for gays. Like, and it's like when you think, so we'll go back to like the, the social movements, like the civil rights movements, the feminist movement, the women's rights movement, those like people, they had the most success when they, when they started behaving like the white men in power. And like, that's how, that's what made those movements successful because it's like, we will accept you because you are living and playing by our rules and you're acting like us. And that makes us feel safe. But fundamentally gay people can't live by like white heterosexual male rules. There's, there's a fundamental disconnect. We can't fit into those family systems we can't do the nuclear family white picket fence bullshit. And you read this in a history. I did. Book. I did. I was, that's reading not the, your theory just to point that oh, out. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. This is pretty well understood. If you read about the, um, the social movements of the like 20th century, it's pretty well, but the, again, like the, the gay rights movement had to start from a lower point than the civil rights movement or the women's movement. Remember because gay people had to first establish like, there's nothing wrong with us. Mm-hmm. And then once you establish there's nothing wrong with us, now we begin to fight for equality and, and, and basic human rights. But the, the difference is because we can't sit at that table, we can't play the white man the way that the, the way the gays did it was they circumvented the white man. So they, they elected people, they got people elected into positions of power. They got very high and like well-regarded jobs as doctors, professors, etc. Like they, they, they took control. They took power away because they were never going to be given power. So you get enough people in positions of power. Then you start to influence others who are not gay. They're early allies. And those early allies start influencing legislation. And it all happens without the gay people, without gay people having to sit at the table with the white man, because they realize that's never going to happen it's never going to work because there's it's it's we can't. Yeah. I don't necessarily mean, I don't necessarily think I wanted to use that word assimilation in that way, but fit in. Yeah. Like blend. But then there's the balance of like, and this is, so the interesting thing about the trans, the documentary that we watched um, recently, which is called uh, disclosure. And um, what's her name? The, the woman from orange is the new black. Um, I'll get it really quick. Her name is. It's all, I, I'm confused by the, the Laverne Cox. So the, what's interesting there is the, you know, trans people have a different identity than gay people. Sometimes like there's, there's like gender identity and then there's sexual orientation, but the whole like. What was interesting is trans people just wanted to be treated like their gender identity. Like it's they're they're 
the whole the point of being trans is not to be out and say i'm trans it's to live your life as a woman or as a man and so in that way there is kind of an assimilation like a blending in and so there's just like inherently less visibility in that community um than the gay community i think there's still confusion and this is what i gather from the the documentary i think there's still a little bit of confusion on their part as well from that group in that and it was a the documentary highlighted a lot of um actors and experts in the area historians talking about okay so if i'm trans in a movie and they talked about the history of how trans people were depicted spark notes not good okay yeah it's just bad oh yeah yeah i thought you were talking about i'm not doing a good job no 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 um so yeah they were they weren't depicted in a very bright light nice light whatever but now they're in this position and this is this is this kind of hit me a little bit where if you're a trans actor do you does does you being trans is that part of the storyline like now that you're you're trans but can you just play a woman if you're a trans woman do you just play a woman a woman or do you or is is part of your transness i hope i don't use the wrong word highlighted like do you play like at what point is it do we just play the gender that they associate with well i think that that has happened but that's a big part of the documentary which exactly is like- but i think it's 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 a difficult one because i i also think and from what i gathered that they value the visibility aspect as well and part of visibility a huge part of it for for lgbtq plus people is movies and tv and and pop culture so you can walk around in your life and you can say like i'm trans you can be out and open and tell people um but also then where is the visibility like yeah, that's the, the visit. There the has line. to be visibility to get to the point where it's just okay. But we're not even close to being there no. yet. And I think that's the same thing with like gay people. It's like you have to show that being gay is okay, which means you have to be out. But there's a fine line between like, you know, being out, being proud, but also being treated like a human being and having the th- the same rights yeah and like early on so like laverne cox sort of got really popular in orange is the new black um who she played a trans woman in that in that document in that uh show and she kind of sparked this like very public trans acceptance movement for lack of a better phrase and so all of a sudden like oprah wants to talk to trans people like katie couric they aired this really like cringy interview with Katie Couric where she asks two different women on the same interview it was Laverne Cox and then I don't remember who the other one was specifically in their face about their like their surgeries about their transitions and Laverne Cox handled it really well and she said it's you know that's the thing that everyone wants to talk about and when you talk about that it dehumanizes us and it takes away from the actual lived experience of being um, trans, it takes away from a lot of the violence and discrimination that we experience every day. And that is what needs to be discussed. Like the, the surgery and the transition 
is such a, a, a minor part of that, um, of that identity. And so I think that was a really good, and like the, the cool thing about Katie Couric, like consummate professional, she came back and was like, I, like, I, I learned, like I learned mm-hmm. that what was okay to say and ask and what wasn't. And like, that's, they showed similar clips of, um, of Oprah. And I think that that is just a really good, um, indication that people can evolve like their belief systems and, um, understanding of things can evolve and they can, they can take criticism and, and change instead of taking, like not being able to take criticism instead of, you know, sort of doubling down. But, um, I think that that, like the discussion on, on, you know, trans that like the trans experience and the gay experience is really important right now. Um, because it is, and she, like Laverne Cox says in the documentary, she says, you always have to be skeptical of when a few people are elevated and celebrated, but most people are still oppressed because that does nothing to disrupt the system. And that's true. And the same thing can be said for, um, for gay people. Like right now, arguably it is like, quote unquote, cool to be gay. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to like, everybody knows a gay person. There are tons of, of gay or, um, you know, gender fluid or bisexual people in. And um, Jill notes that in her book. She's like, man, being gay is like cool now. It's like awesome. But like back then when I was actually <laughs> discovering I was gay, it was like so not cool. But you also have to realize it's cool because like Harry Styles is like, they're like, what is Harry Styles? Is he gay? Is he bisexual? Like Dua Lupa. Like there's all these like these pop stars that are that are out like Kristen Stewart mm-hmm. that are out as as gay or bisexual. Um, and so there's this perception that it's cool to be gay but then in reality, like you have, you have all the people up here at the top who have been elevated, elevated and are being, being celebrated for who they are. But then below them, you still have like systemic repression. You still have like a society that isn't totally accepting of normal people in normal everyday life in America, in Canada, like of, of friends and family members who come out as trans like it's like okay if you're it's not Cox, safe for a lot of people still oh no it's, it's straight up like violent out there but some people see the people who are elevated and celebrated and they don't know that the way that they necessarily vote has an impact on so many people yeah it's like oh yeah I, I love laverne cox and orange is the new black and i think they're just great and then they vote like straight up red just all the way down the ticket and it's like ah, oh, and i i hate the u.s for that right now because they're just there's only there's two options it's like you want italian food or you want chinese food like you only it's, have two options and yeah, what if you just don't like it, it it's just it's a really i don't know how to fix that but yeah, it it matters. And I think right now it's like being out and being visible matters because it's it does it does help people. It helps kids a lot. Like I I think about what if what if I had access to what I have access to now as a kid? Like my life would have been completely different. And sometimes I think back and I know you do too. You think back to those years and you get kind of sad like I wish I had come out earlier I wish I felt empowered to come out earlier because like I mean I spent over half my life 
living a lie, like not being comfortable with who I was, me not being comfortable, not anyone else, not having shame from anyone else other than myself. I think I wish I had come out earlier, not so that I could have dated girls or been more experienced by the time I was 26. But when I came out, I changed as a person. I was so much more open. I connected with people in a completely different way. My relationship with my parents was stronger. I wasn't as secretive in like other aspects of my life. I was just like, I just kind of let it all go. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's everyone's experience, but I think it is a lot of people's experience. Yeah. And I, so I think back in high school, I'm like, ugh, I would have just been so much happier, happier. But then at the same time, like, would I have been in that, in that, in those circumstances? In those years? No, I think you would have been. Yeah, it was just wasn't safe. Then you're opening up to like being bullied and comments and all that. And like, I just don't know if the the trade off would have been worth it back then. But it is it is easy to idealize those years. Yeah. Or even look at teenagers now. And I'm like, oh, they've got it so good. Yeah. But I think like my my big thing and I I know I kind of stumbled around a little bit, but it really is. it, It is a bit of a confusing situation for for people yeah and for me specifically like kind of going through a bit of a realization and identity change it's not even like I've, I've already changed from like yeah like you said at the beginning you think you just come out of the closet and you're like all right sweet I'm we're gay. done here <laughs> yeah nope you are just beginning I think at that point You don't realize it. And I think with the way that the U.S. is, the U.S. politics are pushing back and the division, um, it's forcing us to say, to kind of double down on this. Like, I don't want to just be a human who just identifies as gay and who is married to a woman. Like, I want to be part of the fight. I want to help other people. I want everyone to know that this is okay. I want people who are voting against in in a a way voting against equal rights for us to say that's not okay because i i know alex and it and it's more than just i'm okay with alex it's like i want alex to have equal rights yeah um i feel i just want to say i almost feel uncomfortable talking about this topic because i do see feel like i'm not an expert yeah and it's it's complicated and there's a lot of history and there's a lot of nuance to the conversation but um yeah like fundamentally when you boil it down right now in this moment like just visibility matters and it's not the 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 goal i think it's easy to kind of think you know visibility is is the end goal but visibility is not the end goal it's it's all it is is a means to an end and that end is ultimately equality plain and simple it's it's being on an equal playing field an equal level ground with people who do get full 
you know, human rights, rights who do get treated with respect and dignity that everyone deserves, regardless of your sexual orientation or skin color or socioeconomic status or gender identity. It's like having that dignity and that treatment. And the fight continues. It's not done. It's not even close to done. Um, but you have to look back, and I definitely do. I look back and think, like, thank God someone started it. <laughs> you know, thank goodness that happened. Um, like, the 80s sure seemed like a hard time. I was just born. It's funny. Like, we sit here. I don't want to say we're complaining. We're just pointing out our experience about the 2000s when like holy moly people in the 80s were dying and being told that it was their fault because they were sinners like think about that i mean people are still being told that they're sinners but yeah it's certainly we're not like you know yeah but like it, the the health system is not discriminating well, we against have you. pride parades we don't have extremely violent riots we're not no, there's only there's only one group of people that is allowed to violent and riot in an ex- extremely violent way. The insurrectionist. But anyways, um, yeah, that was a bit of a ramble, but I think we we got through some important points there. Um, if you've made it this far, thank you. Um, if you are someone who, like, I'll just I'll say it because it's really important. If you're someone who's um, in the, the closet and you just want to talk about it. Like you don't feel safe to, to come out to your friends or family. We hold space for that. We've had those conversations online before. Um, I check my DM requests super frequently. I do the same on tactic. Um, we're happy to have those conversations. It's really important to like, like feel like you have people that you can talk to. And, um, we always make time for for those conversations. Cause like, I know that I had a handful of people in my life who, who held that space for me and, um, who I, I didn't know super well, but they were the only people I did know. And so I just, I reached out and they were really, really important. Um, maybe they're listening. If they are, they probably know who I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, we're here. If you ever need us. Yeah. I don't know. That's good. Very eloquent. I hope that I, I made. <laughs> you made sense. Don't worry. I know you're sitting here doubting. I hope that I formed some complete sentences somewhere along. <laughs> Not total. <laughs> the way. Kook. <laughs> but I, it is a, it is a difficult conversation. Yeah. To but have, to make sure that you're saying the right thing. Even if you're part of the community, it's, it's tricky. It's, you know, it's a bit of a dance and. I think what the main the main thing is is that it is being discussed. Yep. I think that is honestly the most important thing. Yeah. And if someone says the wrong thing, there's nothing wrong with that person. They're not bad. They're not mean. They just don't know. Yeah. And that's when you can step in and say, "Hey, I'm I'm not sure that works. That didn't <laughs> land it. I I didn't land like you think it did." Yeah. Yeah. And you can you can ask for that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Great. But. Um, thanks for hanging in there. This was a long one. Um, really appreciate it. Share it. If, if you feel like this was an important and helpful conversation, we really always appreciate that. And um, yeah, we will catch you Happy again. Happy pride. Happy pride. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Shit, I almost forgot to say it. Happy pride. 
to all our, our gays and our queers and our trans and others and allies, two-spirit folks. We see you. We appreciate the work that you're doing and we will keep doing our best um, in the, the fight to come. 